This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Before we get into the episode, I just want to ask you guys, because it has been particularly long hiatus is there anything that you watched in your time off from talking about it on this podcast that stuck out that was memorable squid game <laughs> I know, right? That's the, the thing that just so ended yeah recency bias the last thing in the mind <laughs> yeah yeah totally dude i mean what, how long has it been since we did a podcast the last podcast we did was dark oh wow which was last summer we didn't do fargo we tried we got halfway through Fargo. We talked about Fargo one time. It kind no, of No, we had like three conversations. It got pretty grim in the thick of the pandemic TV wise. It really did. Yeah, like it shit was not good. There there was a dry patch that has just ended. Now the floodgates have opened. I mean, and it's not my fault you guys didn't want to do K dramas. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we definitely could have partaken. Jake, did you watch White Lotus? Nope. I haven't watched it yet. I watched Nine Perfect Strangers, though. Oh, and I'm happy to tell you guys that I've been keeping the ratings going. And I gave Nine Perfect Strangers a, a nice, robust little six. Ooh. That was a bad show. Okay, so that was one of the few couples watches I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought Bobby Cannavale was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I thought Michael Shannon was great. It was definitely flawed. Super commercial, slick television, David Kelly style, right? But I think I liked it in many ways more than uh, Big Little Lies. Which I didn't watch. Oh, you never watched that one? To me, what it felt like, which I think Big Little Lies was similar, was good actors, basically a soap opera. Yes. And there's not a lot of substance. The kid stuff was pretty heavy. It was certainly heavy, yes. Yeah. Everybody had experienced grief one of our favorite themes on this yes. podcast yes grief and loss and suffering i love the trippy stuff i thought that was pretty i mean it was definitely again not great not high art television but pretty entertaining good cast great cast expensive cast yeah very it got a little silly there were points at which i would liked it more than others as it got towards the end i was like oh it's getting super soapy it really lost me in the the penultimate in the finale yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right but you know it's like so often these series can hold up through the middle and then they just collapse because they can't That's really so sad, see though. things through. But Even is the it because squid they don't game want ending. to see things through because they want to like drag things out. I don't think they know where to go. They don't know how to resolve these things. It's all about the tension, the payoff. They can't deliver on the payoff. And you always want to leave yourself open to a second season, even if you're a limited series. No, yeah. you don't have to. The best shows are the limited series that. Don't do that. I agree. But even Mayor of Easttown, which had a fully fleshed out, nice little arc, ended pretty well. They're talking season two because it was a hit. Yeah. Kate Winslet got the Emmy. I enjoyed that one. That was actually... That was a good one. Now that you bring that up, that was very enjoyable. She was great. And it's because they did the smart thing of having the very high climactic moment in episode five. Yes. When the guy gets shot. Yeah. Oh, That was excellent. And then there's enough time to decompress and land the plane. A bit of a hokey ending, though. Sure. Really? That guy did it? (laughs) 
But anyway, yeah, it, was it was definitely well done. The payoff wasn't quite that satisfying as, as watching the series in total. But she's a blast to watch. She's amazing. Really is. She's incredible. The vaping was hilarious. Eating the terrible <laughs> food just like Fargo. Yeah, uh, it was all great stuff. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here to honor my dad's life and work. So when Rhea was planning this thing, she asked me to help out with a tribute of a certain flavor. Just remember, I'm not a professional. No, 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 Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Drive your fucking bird. They laugh in New York and they they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. We last talked about succession on this podcast, and in that time, we've been waiting with bated breath because second season ended with Kendall making a power move. Wait, has it really been two full years? Two years. I couldn't Holy believe shit. it myself. Yeah. Wow. That's what COVID did. Yeah. Time just like <laughs> was all warped. And as we discussed at the time, it was by no means a death strike. It was just the beginning. And so we are jumping right into the chaos with this cold open. We begin in the aftermath of Kendall's speech. Logan's flying in a helicopter across the European mountains while Kendall freaks out in a bathroom trying to settle himself as Greg and Carolina wait outside. Kendall even gets in the tub to simulate the womb. It was one of the things I thought during my rewatch, Jake, was mm-hmm. the note you had about Kendall being just like a little boy. Mm. The physicality of him in the tub reminded me of that as well. There was that critical scene in season two where he's submerging himself in the hot tub at the spa, right? Yeah, he comes out of a tub in the second season premiere. Beginning of season two, yeah. I was trying to place that. So we've been here before. Logan and everyone arrive at an airfield. Hugo, played by Fisher Stevens, is there coordinating planes. You got a nice room to wait in. At least not that nice, actually, but it was the nicest he could source. (laughs) Where are they going? Either New York or Geneva or London or Singapore or L.A. Sounds like they're fleeing, guys. (laughs) They're going somewhere. Everyone is nervous and asking questions. Logan's talking about his mom. I got fired. He got fired. She got promoted. I got rehired. She got demoted. And Roman asks his dad if he wants to ride with him. You want to suck my dick? (laughs) 
And Logan, that's his first line of the season, folks. He's back. Yeah. And what do the Roys do better than chaos? Their entire life is chaos. Yeah. Since the beginning. That's all they know. Yeah. Nothing's even been resolved from season two. That's all kind of just carrying over into this season. Well, that was the amazing thing. It's like, okay, we're, we're just picking right up where we left off. Nothing has happened between the moment we left it and the moment we're starting here. And it is pure chaos. You want to suck my dick is what he said to his son as the sexual <laughs> assault allegations poured in. Greg is still trying to check on Ken. He doesn't want to break the door down. He doesn't know if he'll be able to. And then Ken pops out activated. Action stations. Let's fucking go. Let's get into this. Oh, man. I love the Kendall voice. <laughs> so we've split into two factions, which I'm sure will change throughout the season but right now it's kendall and greg and then logan and everyone else that was on the yacht so kendall headed to waystar wants to plan a flag pick a lawyer hire pr independent directors and maybe ride in to see the fucking feds they walk through hordes of paparazzi and greg is yelling no comment no comment <laughs> okay that's my first note. <laughs> he is forever my MVP of this show because of this shit that he does. He's just such a gem. He's like a child who wanders into a room and doesn't know what to say or do. So he just starts shouting. So funny. Carolina tells him, you don't have to do that, Greg, but he still does it. He continues, no comment. <laughs> Carolina is there to provide common sense. She tells Kendall it's a company vehicle and she imagines he no longer works for the company, <laughs> even though he says he was acting in the best interest of the company. That was some fucked up logic. Violating your duty of confidentiality? Violating your fiduciary duties as director? Look, I need a sealed unit here, Carolina. I need a clean jar. Are you in for this fucking revolution? And then she wonders why he did it that way. Once again, providing common sense. Puts Greg on the spot, and he lies terribly. Greg still can't talk. <laughs> I'm just going to catch a ride. <laughs> that's that's Greg's MO. I'm just here for the ride. I don't even know what I do. I don't even know how I got here. She doesn't believe him for a second, and when she doesn't accept Kendall's path of righteousness immediately, he boots her out in front of the paparazzi. I can't have weevils in the fucking flower sack, Carolina. And I'll sue you if you say anything you said here today. Yeah, the man with a plan. Does he have a plan? No, he doesn't have any plan. Flying by the suit of his pants. I mean, this is the thing about him, right? He's completely impulsive. And even though the instinct wasn't such a bad one, he had no plan in place Absolutely not. on how to deal with any of this. And certainly the, the other side of the clan had no plan in place because they just assumed he was going to go along with the ride. Kendall wants Lisa Arthur as his lawyer. Remember that name. He wants Greg to take his cultural temperature. And Greg has no <laughs> idea what this means. Oh, my God. Media monitoring. Slide the sociopolitical thermometer the up the nation's ass and take a reading. Feed me the metadata. Anything that's going to move the market on me reputationally. Is Kendall just like a buzzword? All he says is buzzwords. He is... All filler, no killer. I love that. That's so well written because he never says anything. The writing in this episode was exactly at the same level that we left. There's so much chewy dialogue. It's so fastly paced and delivered. Succession is a show built around writing and it's very clear. They're still building it that way. Still got it. Greg is happy to be the head of the media monitoring department. Everyone's saying Lisa Arthur, she's my girl. And then Kendall's phone rings, his face falls, it's Logan. 
So even after burning him on national television, Kendall still can't even answer the phone when his dad calls. That's how terrified he is. He makes Jess answer it, then nervously backseat drives the conversation. Logan says it was a decent move, and he wants Kendall to retract his statement. Kendall starts loudly responding to the point where Logan can hear him, but he refuses to pick up the phone and do it himself. And I'm going to grind these fucking bones to make my bread. Uh, he says in that case, he's going to grind up your bones to make his bread. <laughs> okay, well, tell him that I'm going to run up off the fucking beanstalk. Okay, Logan, yeah, he says in that case, he's going to run up off the f uh, beanstalk. He's kind of laughing, but not like nice laughing. Just tell him he should step back and cooperate. I don't want to see him behind bars. Same side, but I don't want that. That's bullshit. That's fucking sanctimonious bullshit. It was a fucking play. It was a play. It was a fucking move. So don't act like a cunt to me because I won't fucking wash. Jess timidly hangs up the phone, scared of Logan's profanity. And Kendall nervously asks if there's any legal or physical threats. Actually, <laughs> don't tell me. Just put it in an email to yourself in case it comes up. <laughs> that scene was so funny to me. Like the way he was clearly right there, but wouldn't talk to him. Directly. Logan can hear him. I know. That's why it was so funny. I was just like, he's literally like a 12 year old child. So scared of his dad. And that's consistent because that's happened before, too, where he yeah. is afraid to deliver news to Logan. Uses an intermediary. He can go on television and burn him in public, but can't face him. Private conversation can't handle it yeah face to face he cowers just like roman did in the board meeting as well it's there's something about logan's effect on his children that is infectious well he's powerful to confront right he's too powerful to confront media monitor greg updates ken that he is trending above tater tots the pope followed him but it's not the real pope great thanks greg it's a pope not the pope i had that in parentheses after my first note <laughs> Was the Pope comment? <laughs> He's such a gem. He's just scrolling Twitter this entire time. That's Greg's job is just scrolling Twitter and trying to parse anything. I can only imagine how many ridiculous tweets there are about the Roys at any given time. Kendall calls Frank and tries to seduce him, says he did it for him, did it for us, the soul of the company. Poor Frank. He's already been fucked by <laughs> being on Team Kendall before. Then he calls Jerry straight to voicemail. Then he calls Shiv. Shivy, shivy, shivy. I got a spot for you. And she hangs up. Ask Jess for a rundown. Here's his team so far. You ready? They got Ewan, Greg's granddad. They got Laird, Danny Houston, who we thought was out of the show. He's got his and Greg's moms, Josh Aronson, who is going to be played by Adrian Brody, and then Marsha, <laughs> who's been out of the picture for five episodes. <laughs> What a team. Greg's turn, deep sigh. Headline is, uh, the internet is big, uh, obviously. Uh, couldn't read through it all, working through. That's a big picture over here at Media Monitoring. Is it positive? Super positive. Negative stuff does tend to stick in the mind a little, just because it's quite uh, visceral, but yeah, basically very good. <laughs> nice memes, good memeage, and so on. Good memeage. Kendall publicly calls Nay which is his nickname for Naomi Pierce that I still hate. <laughs> and they awkwardly flirt on speakerphone while Jess and Greg sit there. So awkward. 
Yeah. I mean, here's the first instance of the desperate Kendall always seeking approval, needing that support. Validation. Yeah. Just cannot, as Logan told him on the ship before the end of the last season, you're not a killer. You don't know how to operate on your own. And he is, to name another HBO show, insecure. Deeply insecure. They arrive at Waystar, but learn that access might be canceled. And he rushes her off the phone, says he loves her. She says, yeah, (laughs) they can't cancel my access. Sure, but uh, they maybe did. Keep driving. Press at his place. So where are they going? This is crazy. This is like, this is like OJ. I, I mean, except if OJ never killed anyone. Who said I never killed anyone? Juice is loose, baby! Kendall gets an insane smile on his face. Yeah. What did you make of that glee? That was terrifying, is what it was to me. It really was. He was obviously reminiscing about the time he killed that guy. This was an interesting moment for me, because it was so jarring from the experience we had over the course of last season with that storyline, specifically. And... It made me wonder, one of the key lines in the summary of last season was when he kicks Naomi off the yacht, he's telling him, I don't want you fucked up on drugs. Mm -hmm. And it got me wondering because, man, Kendall is performing like a real addict in this episode. He's manic. He's hyped up. He's impulsive. He's shooting from the hip constantly. Did you get the impression that he might be on something i don't think he is yet i do have a moment later Mm -hmm. that we'll get to that i thought was relevant to that but Mm -hmm. i think that it's only a matter of time Mm -hmm. i mean it's interesting because an addict can behave like an addict even if they're not on drugs right and we know kendall is a super duper addict and all of his behavior in this episode was the behavior an addict. No sense of consequence, no sense of the future. Like, I'm just behaving in the moment and doing what feels right. And even if I have no idea where, I know where I want it to go, but I have no idea how to get there. Yeah, and this joke is reminiscent of his whole attitude when they're in New Mexico and he is mm-hmm. fucked up and just taking wild jokes liberally Mm -hmm. but it was interesting that after an entire season where the murder is weighing on him and Mm -hmm. being held over him and he actually seems to experience real grief and remorse when Mm -hmm. they go to visit Mm -hmm. the dead kid's house and logan drags him inside exactly now he's cracking oj jokes exactly exactly and underrated part is greg smiling and playing along not getting it at all. Right. And then asking Kendall, what character is that? (laughs) (laughs) He thinks he's doing a bit. Right. (laughs) Then they drive on to Rava's place. What? Yeah. Rava did not appear at all in season two. We haven't seen her since Shiv's wedding. Okay. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember because I did not rewatch, but I was like, oh man, blast from the past. He's telling Greg not to tweet from his account. He hugs Rava, asks to set up shop. He wouldn't ask if he had options. That's what you like to hear. (laughs) She says, wow, you really did it. Yeah. You always said it was either this or go to Mount Athos and become a monk. That could have been a more logical choice. <laughs> she, I gotta love that she doesn't hold back. <laughs> no, she's tolerant of his shit in this episode, yeah. but maybe it's because they haven't seen each other in a while. Who knows? 
The press is swarming his place. He needs a hiding hole for meetings. Plus, I actually wanted to see you and the kids. Mm. <laughs> you know, I kind of like, it was kind of for you guys. Yeah. He's so full of shit. And the scary thing is that he might actually believe it. The funny thing, this is a recurring theme throughout the episode, is him doing this for other people. Just throwing that out there. He tells that to Frank. I did this for us. There's a place for you here. His deluded <laughs> self-righteousness is just unstoppable. Yeah. She heard he did great, and he heavily encourages her to watch it. Then he name drops Lisa Arthur. Rava says she's famous, and Kendall says she's the best. And then... Once again, looking for validation. You think I can win this? Rob has no clue. And doesn't really care. <laughs> Later, Greg is awkwardly chatting up a woman from the PR firm. Talks about handing off the media monitoring baton. He wrote down a couple tweets, but they can find them. They're on Twitter. This almost so seemed awkward. implausible, though. Really? Or could you be that inept? Because we're talking yes. about contemporary yes. America here. <laughs> we're not... Five, six, well, seven Greg. years ago. Kendall is asking him to tell him what people think about him. And I guarantee you there's not a lot of good stuff out there. No, but would somebody be so inept? The thing I kept going back to watching this episode was one of our favorite phrases, corporate incompetence, right? Mm. <laughs> you want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay. I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. There are four kinds of business. Tourism, food service, railroads, and sales, and hospitals slash manufacturing, and air travel. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. You have a problem with authority, Mr. Anderson. You believe that you are special, that somehow the rules do not apply to you. Obviously, you are mistaken. Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, I look at the mail. Well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia! Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? Oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, baby, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah. This company is one of the top software companies in the world because every single employee understands that they are part of a whole. Thus, if an employee has a problem, the company has a problem. There are 10 rules of business that you need to learn. Number one, you need to play to win, but you also have to win to play. Excellent. All right, so I start marching my way down to Carol and HR, and I knock on her door and I say, Carol, Carol, I gotta talk to you about Pepe. And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn desk in that office. There is no Carol in HR. I find your lack of faith disturbing. 
I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday, too, okay? We uh, lost some people this week, and uh, we need to sort of like catch up. Thanks. The time has come to make a choice, Mr. Anderson. Either you choose to be at your desk on time from this day forth, or you choose to find yourself another job. Don't ever, for any reason, do anything to anyone, for any reason, ever, no matter what, no matter where, or who, or who you are with, or, or where you are going, or, or where you've been. Matt, half the employees in this building have been made up. This office is a goddamn ghost town. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Basically, the theme of the whole episode, top to bottom, every moment, every second, everything gets worse and worse and worse. Nobody has any idea what to do. And, and in fact, they keep just doing things that are just worse than the decision they made before, you know? And I was just like, really? Like, this is the first time he's ever engaged Twitter at all at his age? He's a VP now, you know? He, he rose to the top. <laughs> he doesn't have time to be tweeting and reading Twitter. <laughs> but he does have time to get on hold and cancel his mom's credit card because he decides to <laughs> overshare that Grandpa cut her off, Greg picked up her tab, and now she's panic buying Nutribullets and Krugerins, very specific currency, because she thinks that the world's going to end because Kendall dropped the bomb on Waystar. <laughs> Ken comes in, gets down on his knee with his hands up, and praises the PR firm. Welcome to my ex-wife's living room. Jesus. This scene reminds me of when he tried to pitch the tech company as an investor. Uh, and big time. To appear relatable. Yes. To two smart, entrepreneurial young women who don't want to deal with his shit. But they love the narrative arc. Communication planning and positioning thoughts. Tells them to start, but then interrupts them. I think the headline needs to be, fuck the weather. We're changing the cultural climate. But you go. <laughs> then he interrupts her again. Time's up, Ed. Draft a corporate manifesto, rapid reaction TEDx, shit like that. A coherent philosophy, not just punching an old guy in the nose. That was my favorite line. Rapid reaction TEDx. <laughs> and once again, Eden, buzzwords. I know. They're all just buzzwords. <laughs> just kept thinking that whenever he was on his little mini tirades of yeah. just words, words, like, words. Like his PowerPoint, you know, here's a bunch of yeah. corporate speak. Make it make sense. <laughs> she agrees and starts to talk. He cuts her off again. <laughs> On a dumb level, I'd like my Twitter to be off the hook. Was thinking of hitting up some BoJack guys, the Lampoon kids. <laughs> so cool tweets that position you. Yeah, that would be the straight leg Chino way of putting it. Cool tweets. Fuck you. Fuck you. And they agree to work with him because they think he's going to win. And they like winners. Yes, they do. Kendall invites even more people over his ex-wife's living room, including Naomi, where he decides to trot his current girlfriend in front of his ex-wife. Is that weird? She's kind of good for me. Yeah, it is fucking weird, Kendall. It's weird. It's so weird. You want to talk about red flags? This is the reddest of flags. Then he gets weirder, calls her out for male razors in the bathroom because he doesn't like to drop a deuce where the staff goes and was snooping around. Weird. Makes a bad joke about not giving her enough money for gender-appropriate razors. Pretends to be joking, and she says it's funny. Lisa shows up. They sit in the living room. Rob, it'll just be 
four or five hours. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way she's not regretting this. Letting oh. in the house guest that never leaves. Naomi shows up. He introduces her to Rava. The awkwardness levels are rising. Calls Greg over to help Naomi. He tells Lisa, well, look, what can I tell you? My dad's the devil. He runs a crime ring and I want to hire you because you're a superstar and this will be the case of the century and the highlight of your career. I want to make a movie about you. It'll be amazing because you're brilliant. He wants to take down Logan without implicating himself or damaging the company and losing control at the shareholder meeting, which shows that there was absolutely no forethought into any of this. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, a character comes in to give Kendall some common sense and he's just plowing right through it. He's like, no, thank you. Kendall wants to be her puppet, a position he's quite comfortable with since he spent all of last season as a puppet. And then Rava freaks out and yells at Greg in the other room. And I 100% thought that it was about drugs, Eden. Yeah, I thought it was something. Thought they were chopping up lines in front of the kids. Something definitely way more out of pocket than opening up a bottle of wine that was a gift from her godfather. But I definitely did not see it coming that it would be such a chill situation. <laughs> Naomi chose it and doesn't give a shit. Just totally clueless. <laughs> she could not be more flippant. She brings the big bag of food, but doesn't pick up a bottle of wine. I'll just drink what's there. And she knows wine, clearly, because she picked a very nice one. Yeah. And Rava, shooting daggers at Ken, says, it's like when someone breaks something beautiful and it reminds you that nothing lasts. Oh, devastating, right? That was a great line though yeah. that was a great line and how does ken respond all these brilliant fucking women greg the worst i must be doing something right <laughs> you're doing everything right man you're on top of the world they dap and then he goes back to his extremely important meeting with a world-class attorney oh man so kendall <laughs> what an arc for him in this episode oh man there's the moment of hesitation and nervousness in the bathroom and then action stations he's go 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 the rest of the day it's definitely like you said jake it definitely seems like he's high and that's probably just adrenaline he's bouncing all over the place yeah i mean it's funny too how they mirror so many things on the other side so you can see how he's basically operating by his own father's playbook right oh yeah what would my father do in this situation I need to one-up him. Action stations, Logan literally says it. Same thing. Where do you think he learned that phrase? Exactly. We've got these mirrors on both sides, but he's just bouncing off the walls like a lunatic. Plays it to the hilt. He wants to take his dad down, but he wants to take his dad down and keep the company and keep everything the way it is. Whereas yeah. all of this support that's coming in from the PR firms and Lisa Arthur... They're all seeing an opportunity to take Waystar down. Yeah, it's naivete, right, on his part. It's because he's a child. No actual person would think that that's possible. But it's because we're dealing with Kendall Roy. Unrealistic expectations. But are you suggesting, Maze, that he's delusional. The, the PR people have an alternative agenda in mind? I don't think that they have an alternative agenda because he's going to pay their right. bills. The reason that they're interested mm -hmm. is because they can win, right? Everybody's in it because they can win. But the reason they can win is because Waystar is terrible. Right. What Lisa proposes is walking a tightrope. <laughs> it's completely impossible to do both things at the same time, to have your cake and eat it too. And 
yes, Kendall, the naive child at the birthday party, thinks that he can have it all. Well, we have no idea. We know the PR firm is on board. They're going to take the gig. We don't yet know if Lisa's taking the gig. We do because he calls to brag to Logan at the end of the episode. Oh, sure. But we didn't hear it from her yet. Right. In fact, one of the only definitive things we heard from her was that she couldn't take Shiv on, but if anything changed, she would let her know. So the door is open for her to shift and change sides. As you said at the outset. Is it? We don't know that teams that are presented to us here are going to be the teams that stand up at the end of this season. There could be a lot of moving back and forth. But they've clearly invested in Lisa as a supporting character this season. Played by Sonali, then. The Holly Hunter role, if you will, from last season, right? Powerhouse figure, strong character, assertive, smart. It'd be interesting to see how she evolves and how long she lasts in this season. It could just be at the front, and then we're spending the back half somewhere in Europe. I don't think it will play out quite like the Holly Hunter role because I'm not sure that Logan and Sonali then are going to have a really weird, possibly sexual relationship. But TBD. <laughs> Anything could happen, right? Probably not. I don't think that's going to happen with Kendall either. Speaking of Logan and the entire worldwide wrecking crew are watching news reports on their phones and tablets at some airport in the Balkans, unclear exactly where they were. They're watching the news on PGN, by the way, which is the Pierce News Company. Shiv holds up an article about ejecting Carolina out of the car. She's the head of Waystar PR. Roman and Shiv share their actual thoughts, wondering if Logan is toast. Am I thinking that maybe I shouldn't be thinking is he toast? <laughs> Real strong stance, as usual, from the kids. Love it. Tom thinks they should react. <laughs> Good advice, Wamsgans. Hugo is drowning in calls, asked for confirmation, deny that Logan never hurt anyone or touched anyone personally. Logan then, from across the room, asks his kids if they knew. Roman says, Kendall is mentally ill and sane. Logan then loses his phone in a possible senior moment since he was just looking at it. And I thought that was maybe a little sign there, but I think it's just a rich guy tossing his phone. I don't think it's anything to read into, but we'll see. No, I think that was a moment to illuminate how out of sorts he was. Right. To me, the one thing Kendall has accomplished here is sort of knocking Logan off his game. He is not sharp. I mean, he's looking for answers from this group of clueless people. Yeah. Let's face it. I mean, he's in a room with a bunch of imbeciles at the moment. Bunch of self-serving. They have no idea. Corporately incompetent folks. Everybody's got the wrong idea, in fact. They'd be better off having no ideas than the ideas they keep putting forth. What, what is the right idea in the situation, though? It's a good question, Eden. The right idea would be to probably take it, but there's absolutely no way that he would do that. Right. As he said in the finale, they need a blood sacrifice. Right. Shareholders want it to be him. We know that. Still have to talk about Sandy and Stewie. That's a great point. Since Kendall's just pinned it on him, it really should be him. He should right. eat the sentence and turn himself in. He should just eat it. That would be what's best for the company. Or find a way to pass it off and say, actually, it was Tom. Oh, man, <laughs> if he could pin it on Tom, he already would have. Yeah. 
Following his Jack and the Beanstalk phone call with Kendall, he also calls for action stations. There's your callback. Everyone sits down at a table. Jerry, who is the voice of common sense, wants to call the DOJ, act surprised, launch an internal investigation. Logan asks if they have to cooperate. (laughs) Jerry says, it's the government. I think we have to. And Roman says, unless we don't. Worst. Yeah, but real world. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jerry. Logan doesn't want to pull down his panties. Roman wants to pull up the drawbridge. Barry Kendall, he's a junkie, a bitter fuck up. Needs psychiatric help. Say the papers are fake. Chop them up into a million pieces and throw them in the Hudson. Roman's just in attack mode. We were reminded of the precariousness of the stock situation and season two's enemies, Sandy and Stewie. Shiv is nervous. Very high risk. Roman calls her a pussy and Shiv says, I eat red meat. I guess that's a counter. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> Roman references the election, the raisin, which is the term they use to describe the president. That's the only way they refer to him is the raisin. A Republican on friendly terms with Logan. Put in a new attorney general. Kendall will self-destruct and it'll fade away. Logan believes admitting wrongdoing will cost him billions. And that's his explanation for why he can't turn himself in. They consider calling the AG, but Logan wants to take it to the top. Get the raisin. <laughs> Anything else? Carl's hungry, you guys. He wants to order some food. Yo, that's my second note. (laughs) What's when he said, can we get some food? (laughs) Read the room, Carl. Usually at these off sites, you get get a good spread. You know, you got a fruit bowl. You got sandwiches. Hugo didn't hook it up with the spread. The whole craft table, right? Usually. Cheese and crackers. Yeah. Eden, I understand how you could relate to the the one guy in the room who's like, is anybody else hungry right now? What's the food? What's the plan? That was a long helicopter flight, man. Food? Swallow. We're on saliva and adrenaline here. No local foods. I get the shits. We're fucked. (laughs) And they head to the tarmac. Jerry says the president is basically supportive, but they don't want him on the White House log. They can talk to Michelle Ann, who Shiv calls the pantsuit barnacle. No, fuck it. No, I don't talk to the babysitter. You fucking sound her out. (laughs) Jerry tells the phone, that'll be great. I'll hold. Carl is not on the shuttle because he decided he needed a sandwich. (laughs) Good for Carl. Jerry has an absolutely shudder-inducing conversation with the barnacle. Michelle, Jerry Kelman, how you doing? Listen, I just wanted to say it was all nonsense, and we know the president will be supportive, but we just wanted to answer, to, to offer to answer any questions he may have. Hi, yeah. Jerry, I think he just feels for Logan at this difficult time. Great. Well, just let him know that we are not asking for favors. We hear you. We just wouldn't, simply in terms of resources, want DOJ to follow Kendall off down this rabbit hole of bitterness. Okay. Well, you know how much the president respects Logan, okay? Great. So, off the record, um, what's the temperature at Maine Justice? Any danger of them or Southern District going Batman on this? Um, the Attorney General is very smart. Oh, we all love Bavik. He'll he'll see through this, right? It's just the DAG likes to think she's something of a strange shooter. Maryland's prickly. So that's your only issue, Marilyn. Well, maybe you should just fire her. Ha ha ha. Justice can't do nothing. Well, they could. It's out of our hands. Not if you grab it. Um, but look, we don't want to fall out with him. Well, no. 
<laughs> no, sure, but do we want to get the old guys on the blower so they can just chat for five? This will all be great, Jerry. Just find me whenever on anything, okay? Great. Well, I appreciate getting a read. Um, many thanks. Love Jay Smith Cameron in this scene. Amazing facial expressions as she's pulling teeth. Oh, my so God. Good. Wink, wink, nudge, nudging <laughs> the president to just let this one go. Roman and Frank tell her good work. She's doing her best, man. Jerry's interesting because she, on the one hand, is the common sense telling them it's the government. Yes. But on the other hand, knows her job. Yeah, well, right. that's exactly right. She knows what she has to do in the context of what Logan wants. However, she's doing something borderline illegal. Yeah. Right. And that could be one of the worst things that anyone has decided to do in the context of this episode. It's fucking crazy. It's a fine line that she walks. Hugo asks if they're ready for New York City in a fuck fest, and Logan holds Jerry back for a minute. He's spooked, so he changes all their plans. They're heading to Sarajevo. Sarajevo! Well, that was great, right? Because on the one hand, they're like, very supportive. Good job. Great job, Jerry. I think I think that was a good call. Logan's like, that was not a fucking good call. That was fucking terrible. I can't go back to the United States. I have to... <laughs> Gotta flee. ...avoid the government and flee. She hands Roman a short list of places. Bahrain, Bosnia, Kuwait, Lebanon, Maldives, Morocco, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the Vatican. What do all these countries have in common? They're all made up. They're lands with dragons. No, they're all places with no extradition. No extradition, baby. Future CEO, (laughs) Roman. Oh, the Maldives and their dragons. So funny. Tom comes in, suggests discreetly dangling juicy contributor contracts, but he is way out of his depth. (laughs) He's bringing a knife to a gunfight. Logan needs to talk to a lawyer. Who's a tough bastard? Leo Upton type motherfucker? A woman would be great, like Elisa Arthur? She did the hookers, right? She repped the traffic sex workers. Yes. <laughs> Give me the lawyer that did the hookers. Leo means scorched earth. Lisa means maybe it's bullshit. They all look at Shiv, who stammers out that Lisa is a pretty... She's a friend. Logan pulls her aside. Keep the board sweet. May need to step back. And then he divides up his team. Shiv, Roman, and Jerry back to New York. That means Hugo's got to arrange another plane. Logan doesn't trust Frank, so him, Carl, and Tom... Coming with him to Sarajevo. He needs to decide on a lawyer and needs to think. Then he tousles Roman's hair and says, Go on, fuck off back there, tumble down, dick. (laughs) In one of those strange, affectionate... What was that? Logan Roy insults. (laughs) Kind of like Roald Dahl kind of (laughs) affection. Like, so weird. (laughs) Very weird. And then... Willa reminds Logan and all of us that Connor exists. Oh, man. That was funny. Wow. (laughs) This was my favorite little scene in the episode because it made me think of you, Maze, because you were the first person to tell me about the hate watch. Yeah, hate watch is back. The whole hate watch angle. I did not know that was a thing until you told me. So good. And here it is coming up as a marketing strategy. Yes, they're going to try to save the play, Sands, which the last thing we heard was all the reviews were dog shit. So now Connor wants to pick out the worst reviews, which included 
kill yourself if you got a ticket or the one about brain poison. Yeah, it's like The Closet. What's that famous movie that James... The Room. The Room. Yeah, the disaster artist. He wants to jump on the Irona cycle, make it into a thing for the hipsters and the dipshits. <laughs> Only one Connor moment this episode, and he makes it count. You mean you want me to hold this with two divisions? <laughs> Why would he stay there? Why can't he go home? I don't know. It's so, so weird. And want to pay for the seat on the plane? <laughs> Speaking of only getting one moment, Tom and Shiv, who in the finale last season had a pretty serious talk on that beach, they say they'll figure it out when they get back. You know, because I love you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, man, Eden, is there any hope for these two? The thing is, it didn't feel like it the way they left things off. Right. But then like the kind of scene minutes later, he's calling her with information. Yeah. Yeah. He can't put aside his own ambitions. In that moment, he kind of remembers why he's there in the first place. Basically, he's just throwing a little temper tantrum and what's going to happen. He's going to get over it and go back to doing whatever Shiv wants all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he knows his role. He awkwardly says something about Shiv will see Logan again. He will come home. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Asks if Ken called him and then lies when he asks her. <laughs> he blows her a kiss and she catches it. While grimacing. That was cute. <laughs> it still begs the question as to how they ever got together. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. We'll never know. Did she pick him up from the pound? How did that work? What was the <laughs> point like. of any of this? He's a rescue animal. I love him as a character, but them being a couple is just so bizarre. Carl and Frank talk it out on the plane while Tom watches and eavesdrops eagerly. I love this back and forth. Is this the worst well, there were the tabloid suicides. When we nearly went kablooey because of Argentina. I know. The Tiananmen accommodations. The black cloud after Sally Ann. I remember. I don't know. He's the comeback kid. No, I know, I know, I know. But Senate, FBI, SEC, class actions, Plus, Sandy and Stewie. I mean, this is a 12-foot sub of poisonous tree frogs. This is the full Baskin Robbins. 31 flavors of fuck right there. Logan brings him over. Wants to put three white shoe firms on retainer. Play footsie with the next best five. Tie up conflicts. Everybody needs to be lawyered up. Editorial approval on everything. ATN and every news outlet they have. Don't lean on this. It's bendy as fuck. Play it smart today. Won't look a cunt tomorrow. <laughs> Needs to talk to the top 12 shareholders and have an emergency board meeting ASAP. Frank asks about cooperation. It's war! Fuck off! It's war. Fuck off. Everybody go ahead and... Mark Bingo, because we get our first fuck off of the year. Oh. That's how we really know Succession is back. Nice. <laughs> nice. Let's get it. In the rewatch, there's literally a fuck off in every episode. And the best is when it doesn't come from Logan. Uh, like Shiv gets a fuck off in there. And oh, yeah. Kendall gets a fuck off. It's definitely the keyword of this show. <laughs> okay. Logan proposes stepping back as CEO temporarily but still expects to have informal input, a.k.a. he's still the CEO. And then he asks everyone who they like. Brain dump. Speak. Let a hundred flowers bloom. 
Carl proposes himself. Why not? I like me. If your hands are clean, it's only because your whorehouse does manicures. <laughs> Everybody always rips Carl for his apparent philandering. That's the go-to insult for Carl. <laughs> Frank also proposes himself, but he's not trusted. He's fucking mashed potatoes. He'd like a kid, so shiver Roman. We'd love a woman, so shiver Jerry. But I'd like experience, so Roman or Jerry. Well, that clears it up. <laughs> That was funny. And Tom immediately runs to the bathroom to tell Shiv. I don't know how Roman gets lumped into the experience pile. Yeah. He had that management training course, right? <laughs> yeah, he went to one management training course. He really soaked up a lot of experience there. He launched a rocket. But as we talked about in the finale, he had maybe his finest hour in sniffing out the bad deal with Laird and that's true. actually made some good decisions and seemed kind of headed in the right direction. We also had Holly Hunter, Rhea, randomly singing his praises based on nothing. So he has more experience than Shiv, apparently, because he's worked for the company for longer and Shiv's been there for five minutes. That's true. Tom tells her they're playing dice with God, picking a CEO in real time. But who knows how long an interim will last? VW took five years. Walmart, almost a decade. And of course, all the candidates that Logan named are sitting on a private jet together. Shiv asks Tom if he wants it, and he calls her crazy and stammers. Then he asks her if she wants to be the face of the fight. Meanwhile, Jerry shows Roman a text. Hugo is mocking Tom from outside the bathroom, and Tom yells, Watch it, fuckhead! It's always enjoyable when Tom feels comfortable enough to talk shit to someone. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so few people he's higher on the ladder then. He's standing in for Greg. Shiv doesn't want to be buried like Miss Haversham with a bonnet full of clever stratagems. So yeah, yes, yes, I want it. Get out there and hustle, baby, hustle. Roman mocks her. Shiv lies, says it was a bullshit call. Ugh, I hate boring shit, don't you? Frank told Jerry exactly what Tom just told her. They banter. Shiv asks why Jerry told Roman. And Jerry's just a very straightforward person. Roman proposes a bet to make it interesting, but Shiv's already interested. Logan checks into the five-star Hotel Clio in Sarajevo and looks out over the city. Jerry's clean. She wasn't near cruises, was in the UK at the time. Tom shares that he likes Jerry. Oh, <laughs> playing the reverse banjo? Trying to black spot her? No. And I like Roman. <laughs> Logan asks Tom about himself. He deflects. It's a little rich for his blood. What about Shiv? Well, Shiv's great. And they're wondering if anybody's ready. Logan says, was I ready? He'll still be pulling the strings anyways, so who cares? Roman calls Logan, says he wants it and thinks he can do it, but then pivots once there's silence. They both start talking at the same time, and he proposes cracking out of the old egg under the wing of an older hen. The alliance is still alive. The most twisted romance in television has taken a new turn. Jerry and Roman. Terrible. She's tough. She's got the good chromosomes. And if it ain't Romy time, maybe it's crony time. <laughs> as soon as Logan hangs up, he says Roman is out. Yeah, I love that moment. <laughs> Finally, that some sense. <laughs> as soon as you show Logan that you are not a killer that you don't want it. Yeah. That's the clearest sign that he's just going to give up on you. He's moving on. The plane lands in New York. Logan calls Shiv and sends her after Lisa Arthur. He might need to send Roman to Boston to see Aronson, which is Adrian Brody. Shiv says she forgot to mention that she's CEO and Roman laughs at her. Hilarious. Shiv goes to see Lisa. Lisa declines nicely and Shiv starts pitching her and doing her little dance, just like she did 
with that poor woman at the playground in the mm-hmm. Senate hearing episode. Oh, yeah. Says she just wants Lisa to give her legal advice. And Lisa tells her not to share anything confidential, implying that she's speaking with Kendall. And Shiv shows her true colors. Careful who you hit your wagon to, honey, because a lot of wagons are going in the ditch. <laughs> subtle reference by the writers to Kendall killing that kid. <laughs> not so subtle. That disingenuous little fuck doll. Roman and Jerry are alone in a hotel room. Any vibes on if dad's going to jail? Who's the new Dr. Zeus? Roman thinks waiting is so fucking hot. He's such a creep. Jerry's trying to talk business, but Roman points at the bed. Jerry asks if Roman is clean and not in an STD way, more in like a corporate incompetence way. <laughs> Pipeline was sending girls out west when he was in LA, but he blames Mo. How about the satellite launch? Remember that, Roman? <laughs> you accelerated that and exploded in the sky. Right. I'd lay you badly, but I'd lay you gladly. Nothing has ever happened between us. I remain successful by avoiding mess. <laughs> She's such a legend. I love her. And this is, once again, sexual hubris, because he's never actually had sex on this show. All of his sexual encounters have been very weird. Yes. <laughs> Totally. And so we know this is all talk. All interrupted, right? Or failed. Or the time when he asked his girlfriend to act like a corpse and <laughs> she couldn't hang with that. You oh, know? yeah. That was weird. That was funny. Just in time to bail Jerry out, Logan calls, names of the CEO, and she accepts. Tells Roman that Shiv blew it with Lisa and he says, congratulations, you fucking bitch. <laughs> then Roman wants to be the one to tell Shiv. I guess you fucked it. Your friend doesn't like you. Vicious. But I got a song for you. It goes, your friend doesn't like you. Boo hoo, boo hoo. Dad wants to fire you. Woo And you hung up. Then Shiv changes her plans and we don't know where her car is headed. She going to Kendall? What's the move here, guys? What do you think? Oh, uh, shit. I have no idea. Not She cannot be going to Kendall already. That would be a little early. Yeah, I you're like not until episode three. She's doing something here to try to change her fortunes because not a good episode for Shiv. No, bro. no, not a good episode for anybody, actually. Oh, we'll get to that. I got awards for you, Jake. We're doing awards this year. All right, good. Logan wants to know where Shiv is. Can't get her on the phone. The Jerry News leaked. That's probably Shiv, right? Like she's probably the one who leaked it. Logan has to take shareholder calls. Hugo asks if he wants a room. Yes, I want a fucking room. I'm about to eat dick for three hours straight. <laughs> Kendall calls. Logan hands off to Frank, and he's called to brag about landing Lisa Arthur. So Logan decides to get Leo. We'll fucking beast him. We'll go full fucking beast. And he walks down into the lobby and outside and looks more than a little concerned, Jake. Troubled. I would say he looks troubled. It's getting real. He's definitely been put out of whack. Yeah, There's he's not this, used to being and, this out of control. No, and, and look at who he's got around him. He's got Idiots. all the people he can't trust. He's got a dude who'd rather have a sandwich than talk right? business. Right. He's got another guy who's already <laughs> betrayed him and is thinking about betraying him again. He's got his two incompetent children. And then the only person who really is doing it for him is Jerry. And she just became CEO, which... It's kind of a sitting duck position. Yeah. Why does everyone want this position? It's just a temporary position. They're not actually in any power. It's temporary. It's 
a veneer. Yeah. Logan has all the power. Why does everyone still want it? I guess it looks good on your resume. Resume? Yeah. These people need resumes, right? We know why the kids want it because it's a power thing and a status thing and they can lord it over each other. But for... The head of common sense at Waystar Royco, Jerry, she's got to know that it's probably going to end up bad for her. Yeah. And it sucks that it has to happen to Jerry, right? She's like the one person I feel like that is doing things right. No, she's not. We just talked about this. Okay, except she made a for terrible that. call to the to the White House. But she was doing that because it's her job. She's really good at her job. Yes, but some of the things she said were ill-advised even for her. Right. Truly. Way too obvious what they were asking for in that phone call. You can shut this down. I mean, but does she have any other options? (laughs) Does she have any other options in her position at that moment? Everyone is breathing down her neck. Become a monk. That's on the board. (laughs) Drop me off on the mountain on the way to the next country with no extradition. The thing is, she was supposed to take a temperature reading. As I recall, that was the instruction. That was the goal of the call. Feel it out. Not to make potentially illegal suggestions as to how they could steer things in Waystar's favor. But no legal suggestion. What? They're in a shitty position anyway, right? Yes, but one that's all going to be investigated as she tells them on the phone. We can't control them. Talk about the Department of Justice here. Yeah, I know. But I am saying (laughs) that because of the position Logan has put her in, she doesn't have really any other choice. Mm. I mean, she's behaving like a loyal soldier, but she goes a little too far in terms of exposing them. Just asking if they can fire the one woman yeah. who would be a problem. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, that might be Terrible. a little yeah. tipping your yeah. hand, tipping your cards a bit. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the driest <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Dead silence. I watch, I watch with subtitles on and it's like, uh, I think in parentheses, they were like sarcastic Sarca- laughing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah. funny because on the rewatch, I added the captions after a few minutes. I said, better... Let me just check some of these because these, some of these lines fly by pretty quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me make sure I'm catching everything correctly. And that was a funny little <laughs> aside, sarcastic laugh. Because <laughs> that was a dry performance. I have to say, I give a lot of credit to that VO actor there that did the phone call. I thought that was pretty spot on. So we've got two awards. Pretty straightforward here. First one is who shit the bed? <laughs> As you can see, the mystery of who pooped the bed has been solved. In memoriam of Kendall's legendary bed shitting <laughs> after the night of drinking in the helicopter with Naomi. So I've got two contenders for you. There's two people who shit the bed pretty hard in this episode, all right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We got Greg, the head of media monitoring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, too inconsequential. And we've got Shiv. Yeah, okay. It's mm-hmm. Shiv. It's Shiv. Be Shiv. It's Shiv. You know why it's Shiv? Because Shiv made a promise she basically knew she couldn't keep. When it first comes up, she's hedging big time. She's backpedaling. She doesn't think she can get Lisa, right? And she kind of goes in there knowing she can't get Lisa for Logan. And what she goes in there is hoping she can sell her on some alternative idea that manipulates her into thinking she's working for her instead of working for Logan. It's the exact 
same type of thing that Jerry does on the phone. Right. Everybody knows what she really means. They get told no, but no doesn't mean no to the Roys. They think that they can right. yeah. money or talk their way around anybody's no. Mm-hmm. So when Lisa says, I've already told you that I can't represent you. That's not the end of the conversation because she's been sent there to close. Yes. Yeah. And she did not. And then she gets angry. Stomps off like a child. Roman dunks on her. And then also her relationship is in a really bad place. Yeah, man. It's Shiv. (laughs) And she doesn't get CEO. So Shiv, you shit the bed this episode. You shivved the bed. She's shivved the bed. But if you think about it. She takes this giant L this episode, right? And it's the first episode. Oh, she's coming back. It's only uphill for her, I feel like. <laughs> you'd rather right. lose in the first quarter than in the fourth quarter. That's what I I'm saying. You're right. I think you're right, Eden. I think you're right there. This is coming off of a whole season two where Shiv got wrecked pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Where she thought that she was going to take over. And then by the end, she's left hanging out to dry by Logan and really just not doing well. So that takes us to the opposite of the shitting the bed award. Who is our number one boy? My number one boy. We've got Jerry who gets appointed CEO has the impressively dodgy phone call. (laughs) She's got Roman, the hot man boy throwing himself at her. And then we've got Kendall who, despite behaving like a complete asshole, Gets Lisa Arthur, gets the PR firm he wants, introduces his girlfriend to his ex-wife, makes an OJ joke. He's got all these smart women in his life. Things are going too smoothly for him, you know? But just in this episode, Eden, who's the number one winner of this episode? I got to go with my girl, Jerry. I spent the last five minutes defending her. I got to back my girl, Jerry. I'm actually going to go with Roman here. Whoa, okay. Twist. Because Roman, you said it yourself. Jerry's putting herself in a very bad position. Right. Shiv might have shit the bed, but she's not going to be the CEO because even though she wants it, it's probably not a good thing to be the CEO right now, to be the face of this storm, right? Jerry's going to take that on. Roman avoids it. I don't know that he actually meant to do it, but he did seem to mean to do it, <laughs> right? He recommended her because they have this weird little alliance right. that he proposed in the past. Exactly. He envisions them riding off into the sunset, running Waystar, just the two of them. Dad's dead. Kendall's in the mental institution or rehab and Shiv is just out of the game completely. Pushed aside. Right. So he gets her out in front and he's sort of protected now. He's insulated. So I feel like he in the moment is in the best position because I feel that Jerry's putting herself in a bad spot. And like I said, That call was a disaster. So even the person we rely on to make the best decisions did one of the worst things that was actually done in this episode because that stuff's coming down. This investigation is coming down, and I think that call is going to come back to haunt them. But it was off the record. (laughs) (laughs) Recorded? (laughs) We don't know. We have no idea. That's why my joke was hilarious. I think Kendall had the biggest wins this episode, but not because of anything that he did. Right. Kind of fell ass first into his victories. I agree with you, Jake, in the sense that Roman is the long-term winner, probably. Mm -hmm. But for this episode, I'm going to go with our girl, Jerry. Nice. It might be short-sighted, but she is the CEO of Waystar. She is going to succeed Logan. Which is the name of the show. Oh, the show is about Jerry. <laughs> Jerry is our number one girl. 
Okay. I'm going to disagree. This episode. You're allowed to dissent, but you are the minority here, sir. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> also, it's not fun uh, if we I'm all agree anyway. The L. We had a shareholder vote, and uh, we decided on Jerry. Cued <laughs> ups. Yeah. Number one girl is Jerry. Try again next episode. <laughs> it's hard to pick a winner when everybody's an absolute disaster. Piece of shit. Yes. Could not agree more. That's why you like, play but, the and, game. And like I said, all I could think about was corporate incompetence mm. because <laughs> these people were an absolute catastrophe, Kendall included. Like I said, he's bouncing off the walls. He's got no plan. Every idea he had was worse than the last. He's just compounding bad ideas on top of one another. Kendall, just shut the fuck up and hire people to do this for you. Yeah, and step back. How hard is that? He can't stay out of his own way. He's his own worst enemy. He's gone into this completely alone. He's building a team from scratch on the fly in a car with no place to go. He can't even go home. He's ready for war. And who's his team? (laughs) Greg. Greg, his conci- <laughs> my man, his conciliary, <laughs> who is still on hold with his mom's credit card company. Oh my god! It's great to have this show back. Yes, it is. And yes, it doesn't take long to remember that they're all pieces of shit. Even our beloved Greg Eden, yeah, just absolutely sucks. No comment. <laughs> and I'm excited for a rollicking season. There's so much ahead of us, and we will see you next week on Cued Up. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs>